Rogers. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are continuing to record from our sequestration, each of us in our own homes, linked together by Zoom. It feels like we should have a sponsorship by Zoom. I don't know, maybe every podcast should should be brought to you by Zoom, except, you know, (laughs) Zoom isn't paying us anything for that exposure. Yet here we are. Zoom has become a way of life for all of us, and it is now a way of life for the podcast until we're able to be together again in person. And so I think that's something that's part of all of our worlds right now, whether you're hanging out through some Microsoft application or through Zoom, we're getting used to talking to each other in these little squares on our screens. And many of us sitting in front of those screens all day long, clicking from one meeting to the next. So it's fun to have a moment where we can gather together to talk about some key content. And we are in the, in the uh, midst of a series on six considerations for reopening your ministry, your kids' ministry. And so we have an ebook and a webpage that you can find at lifeway.com slash six considerations, where you can download that free ebook. Uh, which is feeding the content that we're talking about today. Look for the whole series. There are four episodes in this podcast series where we talk about we're overviewing the six considerations and then we're double clicking on them in pairs. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about volunteers and teachers and about communication and how important it is that we communicate well as we transition back into ministry. We've, we've all been out of the habit of gathering together in real time and now as states begin to open up, We need to um, evaluate what it's going to take for us to do that safely and effectively. And so today we're going to talk again about volunteers and about communication. And so I'm joined by three friends from the LifeWay Kids team, Jeremy Carroll. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Chuck. How's it going, man? Going well, hanging in. And Tim Pollard from the Explore the Bible team. Hi, Tim. Hey, Chuck. How are you? I'm still good. Still good. I'm zoomed out, though. Are you zoomed out? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a thing called Zoom fatigue that I think is a real thing that's that's going <laughs> to kick in for all of us. And then Clista Stortz. Hi, Clista. Hey, friends. It, I really miss seeing you guys in person. Like we 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 share office space there at Lifeway headquarters, and uh, even between meetings, you know, when you yeah. walk around, uh, I often have meetings with Jana Magruder, our director, and and Clista's desk is right outside Jana's, and so I feel like I used to see you all the time, I and know. we just have those. Those little moments where you say, hey, how's it going? And you're kind of involved in uh, just being friends with people. I know. I, I miss think it. That's, yeah, that's a hard thing for us to maintain. I think the the relational side of using Zoom is difficult because we kind of have to cut to the chase with everything. And so are you guys finding community while you're sequestered away? My dog and I are becoming close personal friends. <laughs> Yes. And producer Trey and his dog, Taz, <laughs> are really close personal friends. These guys are buddies and they hang out all the time. Taz is often on the Zoom. He is. <laughs> all the time. We probably need to get him on the payroll. <laughs> well, well, I got six kids, so uh, I got all kinds of community in my house. That's true. I hear that's, that. a lot of, that's a lot of community. That's a lot of community. <laughs> that's right. Well, speaking of community, one, one of the places where we have community where we generally tend to and that we work towards is with our volunteers and teachers. So we, yeah. as leaders of kids' ministries, m- maintain connections with the people who lead with us. And those relationships are so important in, you know, uh, communicating and sharing our passion for ministry and, uh, and, and, you know, discipleship happens in the context of relationship. And so the relationships that we have with those who lead with us and that we as leaders have with kids 
is something that's awful tough to maintain. Um, we can teach through video, but it's hard to relate very well as we're identifying. And so as we do talk about coming back together, let's talk a bit about what is that, how might this look different? You know, everything has changed uh, over the last eight, nine weeks. Uh, and we have to look at things with new eyes. And so with the six considerations, we've talked about strategy. We've talked about resources. We've talked about classroom spaces. Let's talk about how things might look different in regards to our teachers and volunteers. And so, Jeremy, let's have you start us off as we start to think about coming back together um, out of Zoom world, back into a real actual space with real people face to face. How might this have an impact on our volunteers, uh, who we have and how it might look different? Uh, you know, there are several um when we talked about factors in, a, in another episode, we talked about things we have to consider. And so I think when it comes to volunteers, one of the things we have to consider and, and how this is going to look is, um, are they ready to come back to serve when we're ready for them to come back? And so just assessing those needs and, and, and um, being able to uh, figure out what your team's going to look like uh, from a personnel standpoint, I think is, is, uh, is going to be a huge uh, obstacle in some ways because we're going to – the, we may be ready for volunteers to come back that aren't ready when we start uh, re-entry with kids ministry. Um, but we also want to kind of walk that line uh, as shepherds and, and be careful that we don't put un, uh, unnecessary pressure on them to come back just because we're ready for them to come back. Um, but, but also it, it's, it's almost that uh, prodigal son's father standing at the, at the, I, I picture standing at the porch with, oh, He's, he's looking out, he's gazing off in the distance. And as soon as they're ready, we're ready to embrace them. But we don't know, necessarily need to to go chasing after them and, and drag them down the road. That may be a, a, a kind of a, a, a poor biblical analogy, but I, I think there's a picture there that we just we, we want to let them know that we're ready for them to come back. And ministry and the kids are, are expecting them to be there. But at the same time, we don't want to pressure them, uh, especially if we have older um Older people, older, older senior adults who are volunteer or median adults uh, who may be more concerned about the health factors. And they're, they're going to want to know our cleaning procedures and they're going to want to know all of these things that we have in place. So we want to check in on them, make sure that they know that we're, we love them and we're ready for them to, to come back and ministry to continue. But at the same time, we need to be flexible and sensitive uh, to those volunteers to, to not um, not try to force them. To, to re-enter our ministry until they're really ready. So we can't, we certainly can't assume that we will have back everyone yeah. that we had when we closed. I think that's and right. I think that's a great point that you're making is, is uh, we really need to make a point to maybe re-ask, right? Mm -hmm. To yeah. uh, not just assume, hey, we're open, you're on next week, but to actually have an intentional conversation with uh, people uh, who may need to, who we may want to serve to see how they're feeling and to care for their feelings uh, and we need to set some expectations for them, right? Yeah, I think that would be a great way to just, again, uh, oftentimes our volunteers are looking for that reset point. Um, they feel like too bad, too many kids ministries have this um, always on set where once I volunteer, I can never get out. And, and we never want to communicate that to our volunteers. And, and, and sometimes we don't know how to, to uncommunicate that. And so I think this is a great time to reset that and to check in, like you said, personally, individually. Hey, how are you doing? Where, where's that relational component, that community component that you, you we mentioned earlier in the episode mm -hmm. that just that, what a great opportunity that will be to reach into their hearts and talk and, and speak to them. Yeah, as a uh, as a kids volunteer on Sunday mornings at my church, 
Um, while I miss my kids and I'm so excited to get to go back to see them, I'm going to be honest um, that where I serve, I serve during worship um, many times. And my heart needs some worship time. Mm. And I'm really looking forward to going back. Our church is actually holding off on kids ministry for a few more months and we're going to go to worship together, which I'm finding very, I'm, I'm happy about that because I feel like I need to feed my spiritual social self before I'm back in with the kids. So I appreciate the fact that you're saying that. I think that's a very wise choice is to talk with your volunteers ahead of time. And we know that in the short term, at least, you know, is different parts of the country are going to have different, um, freedoms or different uh, abilities to gather in different numbers and in different ways at different times. So it's important that we're in touch with what our federal, state, and local guidelines are for where our church is. Yeah. But so as, as my church, as we talk about reopening, there are some, um, there are some requirements that we have to meet. We, you know, we, we can only have one entrance and one exit at this point in time. Anyone who comes to worship has to wear a mask in Tennessee at this point in time in our county. And so it, it is it is wise to talk about those sorts of expectations with our teachers because you may have a teacher who's very willing to come but who would refuse to wear the mask if you needed them to. Uh, and those are all the kinds of things where we need to be really clear, uh, like you said, Jeremy, to, to run down uh, what is this going to look like for them and to clarify those sorts of things. Now, we, we may need to have some new people. So as we talk about, um, as Jeremy mentioned, we may can't assume that we're going to have back who we had. We may start to, we may have a real need to look for some new people, at least in the short term. And so, Tim, as we, uh, as we are in this unique time, we may need a little different, um, demographic of person that we look to recruit. What does it look like to enlist new volunteers, uh, for such a time as this? Well, that's a great question. Um, I was going to reference exactly what Jeremy was talking about earlier, uh, because that is, uh, so important. We really don't know who is going to come back and who is going to want to rejoin us. But on the flip side of that conversation is you actually might have some people who maybe haven't been involved before, uh, who, who are missing some of that social interaction and, and are looking for opportunities to really plug in to the kids ministry. So you might have new people who haven't been enlisted before who are coming out. Plus, you know, you just mentioned as well, city, state, local regulations that are going to govern some of the meeting times that we can even have. You know, uh, we may not start back at full capacity. So you've got people who had already been leaders in, in a different area that maybe can slide over into some of those spaces that need to be filled. Uh, but also, again, you know, you've got those new faces that that might come up that are looking for a place to plug in and we certainly want to gravitate and, and, and latch onto those folks, you know, making sure that, that we're doing everything, our due diligence to, to make sure that those people have been vetted and screened and, mm. um, you know, are, are good viable candidates for. And that can take a little time. In our kids ministry. Right. So if we're, if we need to do, provide some screening, some background checks and those sorts of, uh, of, um, uh, vetting, as you say, mm-hmm. we can't just decide on Thursday that we need you on Sunday. Potentially, we need to get out ahead of that. Absolutely, and and that goes to to what you know, Jeremy and Calista were talking about. You know, we've got to be proactive on the front end to be able to 
to make sure that we've done our planning and preparation so that when it is time for us to all step back into the classroom, that, that we are ready with the folks that need to be there. Another thing that came to my mind when you guys were just talking about new volunteers is the fact, and and unless I missed it, I don't think we addressed it yet, but we could need additional volunteers because our group sizes are going to be small, could possibly have to be smaller for a little bit. And that's going to need additional volunteers. And so I just wanted to make sure that we put that out there for our, for our listeners. Right. If we, have, if we maintain a best practice of two adults per group, right, we're never alone with a child, we may need to have some additional help. Right. All of those people don't necessarily need to be teachers. Yes. So there's, there could be some advantage for us in this to really onboard some people who may not feel qualified to teach a group who could come alongside just for court balance, you know, to have, <laughs> have the right number of people in the space. We yes. also may have some new jobs. And so we pre-COVID, there are some things that people may have done themselves or things that we didn't really need, where now we may need to think differently about door greeters and check-in processes and uh, cleanup and those sorts of things that need to happen in an ongoing basis. Might we recruit people differently for these other jobs? I think absolutely. Um, you know, put it out there. Let your... Let your uh, your church congregation know just what might be needed because you, like you said, you may have people who are very willing to say, Hey, I'll come and do this who had never thought of helping out in kids ministry before. So yeah, get the word out. I think that's Mm -hmm. absolutely a great idea. We have this time in this, that Calista mentioned that, you know, many churches are, are phasing in. So they're going to adult worship and every families are staying together. And so, uh, this is, we've kind of alluded to this several times, but I, I think it's worth uh, even drawing out just a little bit more is that we have this as kids ministries, we have this built in time for many churches where we're going to be back at church, quote unquote, at church, but we're not going to be in our responsibilities. So we have this built in time that we need to go ahead and start working through all of this stuff, working through the plan, working through the the communication of letting the church know the volunteer needs. And so we actually have this cushion that's, that's really built in for many of us. And so we can, we, we, we would be wise to take good use of that time uh, to to pr- plan and prepare uh, as the summer gets started. Mm. Well, you mentioned the word communication, and I think that's a, a good opportunity for us to pivot our discussion towards the importance of effective communication through the whole process. We have things happening within our own brains. We have our own ideas. We've got our own notions. We have our own strategies. And when we're not face-to-face with people, it can be uh, easy for us to neglect the communicating of those ideas, the, the clarifying of expectations. And we really need to be intentional about communicating the plan and the people and the places. And I need another P, but I don't have one. <laughs> whatever, whatever the P thing is. And the procedures. Thank you, Clista. So <laughs> as we talk about effective communication, first of all, why is having a plan for communication so vital? Who wants well, to take this, Clista? I've always heard that if you plan to fail, then you fail to plan. So, yeah. If you, fa- if you fail the plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I that meant. That too. That too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I often come think, come at things from an upside down point of view. It's amazing the ideas that you can get that way. <laughs> but anyway, I you know, it came, just came across to me. We're all in Zoom meetings and probably our church staffs are in all of these Zoom meetings. So we're all planning and making all of these great plans. 
But that doesn't do anything unless you end up then taking all that communication back to your church. We may feel like it's all planned out. Oh, what a great thing. But if you don't go back and and work with your congregation and make sure they know what you're doing, it, it, you know, it's just not going to work. Um, and so um, I do think that we, as especially kids ministers, have to get to make sure that our congregation realizes it's not just cu- us coming at them. We've talked with our pastor, our, you know, and, and our whole church has a plan. It's not just me, not just mm. my plan. So good point. We need to be on the same page with the church, right? We, we need to be careful to not make our plans in isolation. Right. So we need to do that collaboratively with the, our leaders and with other church staff to make sure we're all on the same page. But uh, so we have our, our leadership and others on the staff. We have our volunteers and helpers. We have families and kids, all of whom need to be communicated with. And so really we need to be strategic about how, when, and where we do that. What are some tips that we have, Jeremy, for, for what are some of the places we can communicate? Jeremy, Tim, Clista, whoever wants to respond. What, how, what are the different channels that we may have? And what are the kinds of things we need to make sure that we are uh, doing to be, to be good at this? Well, there are standard ones that I think are even more um, more important now than than ever before. And uh, uh, we've got you've got things uh, uh, we mentioned being kind of Zoom exhausted. Uh, But this is probably a a new one that we may not have used in our ministry in the past. Um, And I think that is so important to um, rally, rally uh, volunteers around, rally even parents around. uh, church staffs are probably already doing this. Uh, the church staff that you, you're on, I've heard of many churches who are doing that. So I think um, in addition to some of the, the ones that we've already used um, in the past, some digital communication, I think uh, Zoom is going to be a new one that we could start to leverage in a, in, a, in a very positive way to help communicate all of the things with the, the procedures and the, the expectations. Can I also add that... In addition to your staff and the staff getting together and making all of these plans, especially in the kids ministry, I think it's extremely important that you pull in some other people like your like parents and caregivers, um, teachers to help um, process those plans, put them together. You know, granted, and I keep hearing it constantly, your people are going to be upset if you do use masks. People are going to be upset if you don't use masks. People right. are going to be upset this and so there's, you are, first of all, get your head wrapped around the fact that probably at least half of your people are going to be upset at you at one time. It's just, <laughs> it just is what it is. But I think if you can get some of those key people in with you as you make some plans, maybe that will help alleviate some of that. Absolutely. And the more we can do up front to set the right expectation and get everybody in the same page. Right. Um, having people show up and be surprised at the door is not a good place to set yourself up for no. success, right? So we need to make sure we're communicating uh, in advance. So uh, Jeremy mentioned Zoom. Uh, so that would be like a live uh, conversation you can have via video. Of course, there's the telephone is never a bad way. But a lot of us have Facebook communities or email. Um, the church website is a good place. Um, Tim, we really need to take advantage of all of these, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I was going to say, you know, over communication probably is going to be the the way to go, especially on the front end of this. Um, 
it would probably be best for us to over communicate what our plans were. It's not not that it's really going to stop some of what Clist is talking about, you know, because your half your people are going to be mad at you no matter what you do. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of the way it is. But but the more we can communicate, you know, I just think about my church. My church is doing a great job of communicating what the plans are for the future and how we're going to slide back into children's ministry. Um, you know, we're going back to live on campus worship services the first Sunday in June. Uh, but it'll be a little while after that before we start doing any kids stuff on campus. So, you know, the church is really uh, almost daily, you know, having an email that comes out that has information in it. But then that phase reopening plan is always a part of what that email is. So, um, but yes, Facebook groups have been very valuable. Uh, people have really gravitated towards that form of media uh, to, to get some of their information. Um, and like you said, I mean, I, I like the telephone. Uh, calling folks on the telephone is, is also just, just as important. Um, particularly for those people who need that kind of touch point. So I think um, if we also make sure that you're considering our kids and communicating with our kids to help them see what's going to happen when they come back to class. And depending again on when your church does that, if it's going to be fairly quickly afterward, you may ask your teachers to do a Zoom with their kids and say, hey, when you come to church on Sunday, just know this is going to happen. And, you know, I might wear a mask and you might wear a mask and here's what I look like. And, um, or especially if, for preschoolers and especially kids, for that preschoolers. Can be so important. Yeah. yeah. And if you're able to, and the kids are coming back with parents, but they're not actually in their classrooms yet, you might set a time that you're going to take the kids through the kids area and say, Hey, we've done some changes while you've been gone. When you come back to class, you know, you're going to check in here and it's going to look like this and we're going to do that. And so, Jeremy, what I see, I see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think <laughs> I, I, I want to affirm exactly what you're saying. Anything, you know, a Facebook Live, a Zoom call, anything we can do that's going to be super, super helpful to know what kids to expect. I do think there is we need to be careful. We talked about this in another podcast that we want to be a little bit careful of how we portray that, though, because we don't want to we don't want to instill fear right. in our kids and give them these expectations of, oh, you know, we're so scared of what's going to happen. So we're going to take all these precautions. We need to, so our attitude and how we communicate about the precautions that we're taking is going to be very, very important to make sure that um, mm -hmm. they know that this is, we're doing this. Um, it's for their safety, but we love them and we're just so excited to be in the same place with them. And so how we communicate and our attitude about it is going to be conveyed. And so I think we do want to communicate and, and having those expectations, um, is again, especially with the younger ones, it's going to be so important. Um, but just remember to have an upbeat, upbeat, positive attitude about it and, and not oversell the fact that it's for the safety as if there's this imminent danger to scare Absolutely. them off. Yeah, I love that. That's that's a great point. Great and point. we can say that for the kids, but the truth is that's exactly what everyone needs to know. It's that's so what true. parents yeah. want to know. That's what our volunteers want to know. That's what our church leadership needs to know. We need to give, uh, and again, we, we've said before, I often say, whatever you have is contagious, not the coronavirus, your attitude. <laughs> and so we need to go into this with a sense of calm and confidence that says we have a plan. 
It's a wise plan. It's a safe plan. We're excited and enthusiastic about this. Yes, some things are going to be different and some things are going to be maybe a little weird, but we are so thankful to be together. And when we can convey that attitude of positivity, everyone will get on board. Certainly way more people will get on board by following suit with their own positive perspective. Well, Krista, Tim, Jeremy, thank you guys so much for your time. It's always good to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Good to be here. Listeners, we love having you listen. So keep listening. We have a whole bunch of podcast episodes in the archives that you should check out at kidsministry101.com. And of course, I want to point you again to the free ebook, Six Considerations for Reopening Your Kids Ministry at lifeway.com slash six considerations. And in fact, we've also included there a great tool for communication is a, a poster pack that we've included as a free download that lets you post signage around your building that talks about some distancing and hand washing and some other protocols. Uh, that's just a free resource for you. Also available there at lifeway.com slash six considerations. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you back next time on another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.